coming up. I don't know if it's necessarily closure yet because we haven't even really been able to... Um, what, I don't even know what the word is. We haven't been able to move on. So we don't know yet. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. In July of 2018... Bellamy Gamboa, a 39-year-old mother of four, went missing in Virginia Beach. Tonight, state police believe she was abducted and is in extreme danger. Bellamy Gamboa disappeared from her home here on Kareen Drive. Just this morning, police found her car abandoned about 10 minutes away on Pickering Street near Lake Edward. At the end of the day, I, you know, I want to I wanna find her. Her kids definitely want to find her, without a doubt. They're, the looks on their face, they're just, you know... That's her mom. Virginia State Police have put out a critically missing adult alert on her behalf, believing that she's been kidnapped and is in danger. During the course of the investigation, it became clear that Gamboa's relationship with Lamont Johnson, her boyfriend, had been turbulent. She'd even made a 911 call to police the year before her disappearance. Hello? Hello, this is Anne with Virginia Beach 911. Where's the emergency? The body of Bellamy Gamboa was never found, but her ex-boyfriend has now been found guilty of second-degree murder in the case. We're staying on top of breaking news out of Virginia Beach. A jury recommends Lamont Johnson spend 25 and a half years in prison for killing Bellamy Gamboa. He was found guilty of second-degree murder today. I'm joined now by Ann Sparacco, reporter at 13 News Now, WVEC in Norfolk, Virginia. And thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And before we get into what we know about the case and what happened back in 2018, can you tell us a bit about Bellamy Gamboa, the victim in in this case? Well, we spoke to uh, Bellamy Gamboa's family quite a bit, and they told us, you know, she was just a very outgoing, loving person. Of course, we didn't know her personally, uh, but through the family's eyes, we were able to share her personality. They said she was, you know, always outgoing, there to have fun, and and loved everybody and supported her family. She has uh, quite a big family um, that have traveled all over the world because I believe her father was in the military. Uh, so she has a lot of friends, you know, across the country. Um, so a lot of people say she was very loved and supported by family and friends, and she was a big family person. And, you know, that's one aspect to this case, that she had this family, this support system in place, but things still went horribly wrong in her relationship. but and, and we'll get into that. But let's talk about what happened back in July of 2018. My understanding is that she didn't show up for work, and that's how people knew she was missing. Correct. She um, had a co-worker who said Bellamy Gamboa was very punctual. She, If she was running even a minute late, she would notify her supervisor right away. So it was this one co-worker who said, you know, she didn't come in on that Monday And it alerted her immediately. So she contacted her supervisor. And um, when her supervisor realized, you know, she wasn't on vacation, there was no PTO, it was very out of the ordinary. That's when uh, her coworker contacted police to do a welfare check. So that was really uh, what started it all. And did Bellamy live with her boyfriend, Lamont Johnson, at the time? Or, or, and were they still, you know, involved? I know that, again, there had been 
trouble in the relationship? There was a 911 call. We can talk a bit about a criminal complaint, but did they were they together? Well, according to um, investigators and the family members, uh, Bellamy Gamboa and Lamont Johnson were not together. They were broken up at that time, uh, but they still lived in the same townhome because they had twin children. And uh, she also had uh, two other children from a different relationship. And what they did was they just um, stayed in the townhome together. They slept on different couches so that the children could use the rooms upstairs. It was really in support of their kids. So it would be fair to say that at the time of her disappearance, he was her ex-boyfriend. Yes. Can you talk to us about the previous year? And there may have have been other instances, but we have this 911 call where she was clearly uh, panicked and, and concerned, and it sounds like, you know, the, the relationship was an abusive one. Right. Uh, you know, family members, and of course that 911 call, you know, it, it, they said that they had a, quote, tumultuous relationship. That's how attorneys described it as well. Uh, it seemed that they had been on and off, um, and attorneys in the trial did say that when they originally started dating, they found out, Bellamy found out she was pregnant with twins, and apparently Lamont Johnson did not really want her to keep the children, but she pushed to keep the children. So, um, you know, they kept on with that, and she had the babies. Um, But apparently throughout that relationship, they only dated for a short period of time. Uh, They had constant arguments. And can we go back then to July 2018 when she goes missing, Where does the investigation go? How long does it take for police to get to Lamont Johnson and then interview him? Well, that's the interesting part. Uh, Investigators say they interviewed Lamont Johnson multiple times, starting with that welfare check, and they kept checking back in. And then when the family really reported uh, Bellamy missing, that's when they started to realize things were getting a little suspicious. So they conducted searches. They kept going back to the townhome uh, to search through the townhome and talk to Lamont Johnson, in which he told them he never searched for her. He said, you know, I just assumed she was out with somebody else and, you know, didn't want to come back. And then it took about four weeks um, for them to officially arrest Lamont Johnson on the uh, contributing to the delinquency of a child charge. And that's when they started really questioning him about what, what happened to Bellamy Gamboa. So he's brought in for an interview after an arrest, and that's when this confession comes into play, a confession that is eventually used in the trial, right? Yes. Um, This is what attorneys called, you know, a very unconventional trial. Um, He, after several hours of interrogations, detectives uh, kind of finally got Lamont Johnson to speak up about what really happened. And he broke down crying in the audio recording. You can hear him crying and hugging detectives saying he's sorry he lied and then started calmly going into detail about what he did that night, how it escalated and what he did with Bellamy Gamboa after he killed her. How did he say she died? How did he say he killed her and and what happened to her body? So it was a very detailed description, but I will keep it sort of brief here. Um, He said that they had gotten into a fight over the rent. Um, They were deciding how to transfer money, and they were fighting. And um, she was giving one of her children a bath upstairs, and he said that he took the child to give him a bath. And when she was by the staircase, he said he pushed her, and she fell down. 
and he even tripped over something and fell down with her. And he said that uh, she stood up after falling down and threatened to call 911 saying, you're crazy, you're going to go to jail. And that's when he called that his snapping moment in which he threw the phone from across the room after she tried calling 911. He threw her down and said he choked her until she stopped, uh, which was very um, gruesome detail. And then he said he wrapped her body uh, in a comforter and zip ties and to really conceal her body from the twins that were there and they witnessed everything according to his confession. And uh, he said he brought her body um, over by a dumpster in Chesapeake out of town because he didn't want Virginia Beach police to be too close to them. And he said he put her body in a dumpster and uh, disposed of her phone. And I know there's surveillance video that also comes into play in this case and in the investigation, but he did he later move her body to another location or, or there, there there was an incinerator involved and that's why there were never any remains found yes this is where um you know detectives and um attorneys become frustrated because they called this a no body trial uh because of the very unique scenario that may have happened according to investigators uh you know Namont Johnson says he put her body inside this dumpster um behind a store And that dumpster was recorded through surveillance footage and through the tracking system based through uh, the recycling facilities. Uh, It was brought to this energy solutions company, which turns waste into fuel. And uh, the exact dump truck that picked up that dumpster was brought to that incinerator where, you know, obviously they burned the fuel, that burned the trash into fuel. And um, that's where they believe Bellamy Gambo's body was. And it was pushed into incinerator, and uh, that trash was chopped up and burned. So it's most likely, according to detectives, that that was what happened to Bellamy Gamboa. And that's why there was no evidence of her body anywhere to be found in the traces of where Lamont Johnson said he put her body. And when this goes on trial, and as we know, he's already been charged at that point, obviously, with second-degree murder. Can you explain the charge of second-degree murder, why that was the case? It was mainly um, from the confession uh, detectives got out of Lamont Johnson. Uh, Originally, his attorneys, who are the public defenders in this case, wanted to throw out that confession. They they filed a motion early on in the preliminary hearing, and the judge did not allow it because it was key evidence. It was almost the only evidence they really had. and so they also, his attorneys also tried um, getting the jury to consider a manslaughter charge, um, which in Virginia, of course, is considered third degree murders in other states that other states would call that. And so second degree murder means, you know, the in, having an intention to physically harm somebody, whereas manslaughter would be not having that intention. During the trial, as you mentioned, the the confession is brought in as evidence. What else in your mind uh, was significant for for the jury to hear and for a verdict to be reached? One of the biggest things was towards the end of his confession in the video they played. This is the first time we saw the full video, which was during that trial. Uh, Detectives testified. They said they asked Lamont Johnson 
you know, how did you feel after you did all that? And he said, he got back home, the twins were asleep and he said it was quiet and peaceful. He said, you know, he felt at peace when he got home because Bellamy was no longer there and they were no longer fighting. And detectives asked him if detectives testified and said, it appeared Lamont Johnson had remorse when he lied to detectives about what happened, but they said he did not feel remorse when it came to actually killing Bellamy Gamboa. The jury eventually returns with a guilty verdict and a recommendation for a sentence, right? Yes, they recommended uh, about 25 years and six months on the second-degree murder charge. Uh, So it was very clear they did not unanimously vote on that manslaughter charge. And as you mentioned, she had a a large a network of family in the area. I know you spoke with her father and other family members. Can you talk about their reaction to the verdict? It was a very emotional time. Um, Bellamy Gamboa's father, Emmanuel Gamboa, spoke at the stand shortly after the verdict came out. Uh, he broke down crying. He said he doesn't feel anger uh, towards Lamont Johnson He said it doesn't necessarily mean he forgives him, but he says the anger is no longer in his heart. I could sense that they felt some sigh of relief, but it did bring back a lot of emotions for that family because it felt like they were reliving the entire situation. Glad that uh, this is finally over. Uh, We can uh, move on with our lives. We did it for her and for her children. Um, And we finally... uh, achieved what we had been longing for for the last four years, justice. That's what we were longing for. And she can finally lay to rest and in peace. You know, again, this was a new body trial. It's what, you know, the prosecutors called unconventional. So the prosecutors really had to go off of that confession, that strong confession from Lamont Johnson. Um, And so Lamont Johnson stayed very quiet throughout the entire trial. He kept his head down the entire time. His family was actually there. And his brother testified and told the family that he was sorry he didn't speak up or find the opportunity to help Bellamy and Lamont Johnson together when they were fighting. So I thought that was very interesting. It's not often you have the defendant's family speaking up during the trial. So um, I wanted to add that in there in addition to... Bellamy Gambo's family, Lamont Johnson's family was there. Anne Bracco at 13 News Now in Norfolk. Thanks for telling us about this case. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. Be sure to check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, available wherever you listen to podcasts. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. <laughs>